to Best Buy that didn't get ran over and killed. And, but it's so easy to lose perspective about what is the point. John 3.16 kind of sums up what Christmas is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this, this is what Christmas is all about, that Jesus sent his son for us. And as I got thinking about this, I got thinking about the people of Israel when Christmas, what we celebrate as Christmas, first came to pass, when Jesus was born. Israel was actually waiting for a prophesied king. They were very, very excited. They were looking forward to the king of Israel's return. And a few of you guys have king's crowns now. So they were, they were looking for this king prophesied about. And Jesus was not like prophesied about, you know, a couple of times. I looked it up. I looked up some prophecies about Jesus from the Old Testament today. I found an incomplete list of 365 prophecies about Jesus. They, they're like, ah, oh, we just got you one for every day of the year. And here's another one for leap year. And they had like a, a full chapter that on it. They're like, yeah, you can do that one on leap year. And I was looking at this. And I'm like, that is a lot of prophecies. How does the Bible say so much about him telling them what's going to happen, and yet they still missed him? Like, how is that even possible? How did they get so caught up? What, what was it that happened that they missed? Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, is one of the many prophecies about Jesus. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord is righteous. And there was, there's a lot of prophecies like this. And they're, they're expecting this king to come and to be a political leader that's going to fight for them. They're looking for someone to come and to fight and defeat Rome. And there's this, this fight that they're looking forward to, and like he's going to be this, this fighting ruler that is going to deliver us and is going to set us free from Rome. Uh, but this, this promise deliverer didn't come quite the way that they expected. See, even just the name, the term Messiah that he was going to fulfill, if you look it up, it's the promised deliverer of the Jewish nation prophesied in the Hebrew Bible. The deliverer. A savior of a particular group. And they were looking for a savior who would come and fight. They were looking for him to fight and defeat Rome. But wasn't quite what you expected. So this is, this is the fun though, that, that what they expected was this political king who would fight to free them from Rome. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And some of you guys are going to shoot someone from David's lineage, someone who'd be a descendant of King David. That, and it goes on, 
For time, we'll skip through. It says, he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with a rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. And then it goes on in verse 9. It says, they shall not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as waters cover the sea. And this prophecy goes on and gets really cool. But it lays out this time when Jesus is going to come as king and rule and reign. And so they were looking for a warrior to lead them into battle. They're like, there's going to be this warrior. He's going to lead us into battle, and we're going to come and fight. Some of you guys are being armed, ready to fight. Um, but... All right, so, so some of you guys now have a sword. Refrain from stabbing the person next to you. Hey, junior hires, look at me. Look, look. Put the sword away for a moment. All right, so you've just been given a sword. But here, here's, here's the point. He goes, this is what they're looking for. They're looking for someone who's going to arm them, who's going to equip them, and who's going to lead them in a successful rebellion against Rome. And so... When Jesus came, Jesus didn't come the way they expected. Jesus came humbly. The king of the universe came as a baby. And it's just kind of a weird concept to think. Um, all right. So the king, the savior of the universe, came as a baby. And it's kind of a strange idea. You'd think if you were God, you'd show up as a man. You're like, all right, so I have to become a human. All right, I'm going to come, but I'm going to show up as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, kaboom, I'm here, I'm going to rescue you. But like, you'd think that he would come and he would just be this massive man ready to to lead them, yet he comes as a baby. And it blew them away. There's prophecies about it. In fact, in the first two chapters of Matthew, there's seven prophecies that are fulfilled. Um, it lists right there in it. But it, it lets us know that he's going to come, that he's going to come and sit on the throne of David. But they were so blown away. This angel shows up to this little girl. I say little girl. Somewhere probably between 13 and 18. Uh, that doesn't make you all real little, but kind of little to be mom. And this angel just shows up, and she's like, ah! And he's like, don't worry. I bring good news. And she's like, yeah? You're going to have a baby. What? Like, <laughs> call that good news? Like, yeah, like how is this supposed to happen? Because, you know, in order for that to happen, certain other things have to happen. And he's like, nope. This is going to be different. What? The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're just magically going to be pregnant. He didn't use the word magical. He just like, you're going to conceive and have a son. It's going to be the son of God. What? I got a boyfriend. Actually, I got a fiance. Um, good luck explaining that. And like, <laughs> so this is not the, the, the way that you would expect this little girl just gets this news from this angel and... And the boyfriend, the fiancé, was not very thrilled when 
It says that she was found to be with child. I don't know if he's like, hey, you've been eating Twinkies? Like, what's going on? Like, oh, that ain't Twinkies. Like, you, you're growing, and it's growing in one in particular area. Um, that's not good. Because we haven't done anything, and that, that... All right, this has got to end. And so he says that he's going to end it, and he's going to try to end it without disgracing her in front of everybody, and he's not going to call her mean names. He's just going to politely go, I don't want to marry you. I don't know who you're doing, what, whether I'm, I'm out. And an angel shows up to him in a dream and is like, hey, don't worry. It's actually from God. He's like, I thought she was lying. Like, <laughs> you know that she told him and he didn't believe it because he, he's planning on leaving her. If he believed it was God, he'd be like, cool. But who's going to believe it when a girlfriend's like, hey, I got pregnant. Don't worry. It's from God. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there's this, this is kind of crazy. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with you for this. And and then this word goes out that the government wants to tax everybody, which is always horrible news. Um, as you grow older and you start paying more taxes, you don't like them. And then you get a home and you have to pay taxes on your home, and you dread that. And you get this, like, bill in the mail. It's like, oh, look, you owe. And you, uh, get your heart beating again. Um, so he doesn't only just owe taxes. He has to go to another city in order to get registered to pay taxes. But if you don't do what the government says, then you're in trouble. So he's, he's like, all right, we're going to go. She's going to marry him, so she gets to go with him. Now, how many of you guys ever take a road trip? How many know somebody who rides in your road trip with you who has a very small bladder? All right, when someone's pregnant, their bladder shrinks. The later in pregnancy, the larger the baby gets and squishes the bladder and makes it really small. So let's just say it was a long trip. When they show up in Bethlehem, where they're supposed to go, there was no room in any of the hotels. You want to know why? Because he took a pregnant woman, and they had to stop for her to pee all the time. No, I don't know, but <laughs> apparently she didn't either move very fast, or the bumpy donkey ride made her have to keep stopping, whatever. They got there, and there was no more rooms in any of the hotels, any of the inns. But he's got this pregnant wife who's about to deliver a baby. He's like, we got to find somewhere. And he's going around. I have no idea how many inns there were to knock on, but he checked everywhere. And finally, someone's like, hey, we got no room inside. Like, you got a pregnant wife. Hey, I got an idea. I got a barn. I got a stable. Can't sleep in here. I already got it awful. But you can go sleep with the animals. Thanks. You're, wow. Like, you're not going to give up your own room for the pregnant lady? Like, can't you do something? But he's like, all right, go sleep with them. And he's like, well, I guess inside by the animals, it should have a roof over us and shouldn't get us wet if it rains. Improvement, let's, let's do this. And so they go in, and I don't know what animals were in there. I don't know if it was like sheep, donkey, camel, all of the above, cow, goat. But there's one thing I'm confident was in there. Because all of those animals have something in common. There is poop. Like, it doesn't matter what animals you got. There's a, they all poop, so there's going to be poop. All right, so, so in this, this uh, stable filled with poo, some animals that made the poo, whichever ones they may have been, 
animal feed. The God of the universe was born. And you're like, that's not what you expect. That's not the way that you have the king enter the world. And he shows up, and, and God's so excited about his arrival that an angel shows up to a bunch of shepherds outside of town's like, guess what just happened? And they're like, oh, it's an angel. He's like, I've got good news. The Savior's been born. And he tells them about this, and they're freaking out. And then the angel like takes off, and there's a whole bunch of angels singing, and they're like, this is crazy. Are you seeing this? Slap me, pinch me, poke me. Am I awake? And they're like, beat each other with a stick. Poof. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Still, I still see them. And this is cool. This is crazy. Let's go check it out. So they go down there to go check it out. And they see the baby, and they worship God in a stable. And when, when we hear that he got laid in a manger, we think of this cute little nativity scene. He got laid in the feeding trough for an animal. You're like, ah, they got no crib here. Here, push the donkey's straw around. We can make a bed out of that. Hey, donkey, no eating right now. God's in your food. Like, you know, so this is just kind of crazy. Then, then, then what, what, what gets me is this is such a surprise in Israel, yet from the east come some wise men who see a star they recognize the star, they recognize it from prophecy, and they come looking for the king. They stop by in Jerusalem, they stop by Herod's palace, they swing by, and they're like, hey, we're looking for the king that was just born. And Herod's like, what? He was not very happy, but he tried to hide it. He's like, oh yeah, I find him, tell me where he's at. He's like, I'll kill a sucker, I'll known the king. But So they show up, and when they show up, these guys come and they bring gifts and they're like, we've come to worship the king. And all right. So as I, as I watched this, actually, I technically I didn't watch it. I read it. But I saw it in my, my head because when I read things, I picture things. If I just look at words, it's kind of boring. But you, you picture it. You watch it. And as I was doing this, I was, I was amazed because most of Israel missed out on Jesus because he wasn't what they expected. Because they didn't understand that Jesus was going to come once as a servant. He was going to die for them. And later he would return and rule and reign forever. There was, there was bits and pieces that they understood. And there was bits and pieces that they thought they understood that they didn't. And as I look at this, I'm like, well, so they missed it. Is this common? And I fast forward a few years. Okay, I fast forwarded 30 years. Fast forward 30 years and you catch John the Baptist baptizing at the Jordan River, and Jesus shows up, and he recognizes Jesus to be God. He declares, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and he declares who Jesus is. He says that when he baptizes Jesus, that the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove descending on him, that the heavens opened, and God spoke from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now, if you watched that, you'd think this is pretty clear this is Jesus. He is God. 
I had, you know, God told me that the one who the Holy Spirit descended on like a dove, that's the one. I watched him. I recognized him. I knew it. It happened. The angel, the oh, sky opened up. God spoke. Yeah. But if you fast forward a couple more years, John the Baptist got arrested because he called out the king on his immorality. The king stole his brother's wife. Awkward. And... John the Baptist goes, that's wrong. He goes, shut up. You're going to jail. Put him in jail. And left him in jail. And no one likes to be in jail, especially back then, because our jails are rather nice, kind of. Like, don't get me wrong. You don't want to really go there. But if you have the option between our jail and their jail, you want to go to our jail? Uh, theirs was, was nasty. And so he's stuck in this cell and as he's sitting in this cell, I'm not sure for how long, but he sends his disciples, or a couple of them, to Jesus. He sends two of them. Luke chapter 7, verse 19, calling two of his disciples. He sent them to the Lord saying, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And when the men had come, they said, John the Baptist has sent us saying, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? In that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many... Um, who were blind, he bestowed sight and answered them, go tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor of the good news preached to them and blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Now to you, you're like, okay, that must just be a list of what they just saw. Yes, but it's also a list from Isaiah chapter 61. In Isaiah chapter 61, it prophesies about the Messiah. And Jesus sends back to them, not, hey, Go slap John. Tell him, doesn't he remember that when he baptized me that this happened? Go slap John. Tell him, did you not hear God speak from heaven? He goes, what does the Bible say? What does it say about me? What did you just see? And I got thinking about this because it's really easy to doubt when what you expected doesn't happen. I don't know how many of you guys have had something happen in life that you didn't expect. Sometimes it's good. You're like, I didn't expect them to throw candy in my head. And you're like, woohoo, yay, I got Tootsie Rolls. They call the poop. Um, but John's expectation was for a knight in shining armor. He expected someone, a knight in shining armor, to come in on his horse. He was expecting this knight in shining armor who would come and deliver him, who would set him free from the prison cell. And when he stayed in prison, he goes, maybe I was wrong. He threw away what he knew and goes, maybe I was wrong. Feelings come and feelings go. Memories fade. As time grows, we can begin to doubt even our own memories. But God's word remains forever. Sometimes somebody gets sick. Sometimes we pray for them and they're still sick. Sometimes people die. Sometimes, sometimes we think we know what God wants and says, or we do know, and it doesn't work out that way. And it's really easy to sit here and go, you know what? I don't understand. This isn't what I expected. I thought things were going to turn out differently. And it can be really easy to throw things away and go, you know, 
I'm just going to do, I'm just going to let go. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe this isn't the way. And as I began to watch, I looked at them and realized how many people missed out. Because they took and said, I don't understand, so I'm going to throw it all away. Sometimes I don't understand. Sometimes things happen, and I'm like, that's not the way it's supposed to work. I know what the Bible says. I know what God wants. And they look back, and they looked at prophecies, and they say, well, Jesus is good. The Messiah is going to do things. And they didn't understand that the Messiah was going to show up twice. They didn't get it. They thought they got it. If they thought they got it, do I ever think that I got it? How easy is it for me to throw things away when I don't understand? How about you? But Jesus gave so much. Christmas is a great time to realize that we don't have it all figured out. But what we do know is that Jesus, God, creator of the universe, loves you enough that he came, died, and rose again to set you free from sin so that you could have a relationship with him. And that he's coming back. And there are a lot of times it doesn't things are different than we would expect along the way. But we can go back to those and go, this I know. And if you're here and you go, you know what? I'm not right with him. Maybe it's because of the crazy things that happened. Maybe you said, you know what? I grew up in church and then something happened. And I kind of let go. For whatever reason, if you say, you know what? I, I'm not right with God, but I would like to be. I would like to have a relationship with him. I'd like to know that my sins are forgiven, that I'm right with God and on my way to heaven. I want to give you a chance to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? This is your chance to receive the gift that Jesus came to give, to receive that forgiveness and to know that you're right with God and on your way to heaven. One, get ready. Two, three, raise up your hands nice and high. So that's me. I see your hand. I see your hand. Who else says, that's me? Most important decision anybody's ever going to make. Awesome. We're going to do what the Bible says. You can put your hands down. We're going to call on his name. Declare him to be Lord of our lives. And he's going to do what he promised. So whether you raise your hand or you say, you know what, I've already done that before, then go ahead and join us as we declare Jesus to be Lord. Go ahead and say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you every day. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Give them a big hand. Amen, amen. Come on. That's an awesome decision right there. You know, it's cool to be able to come and have fun. But really when it comes down to it, that's what this night is all about.